I do have one announcement. I'll give you, a, I'm going to give you a large hint. I usually don't do this, especially announcements. I just got one announcement, but you have a response to the announcement, okay? You'll figure it out, I hope, because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, this may be our last Easter together. Uh, Jesus is going to come back at some point and take his bride off this earth. Is it going to be this year? Well, I hope so, uh, but I don't know that. But there are a lot of signs pointing in that direction. We don't know the day or the hour, but we know the times and the seasons, Paul tells us. So, and boy, if this ain't the season, I don't know what is. Okay, for my one announcement, he is risen. That was nice. Um, um, this is really important to me personally. Oh, oh, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a semantics person. Um, it's always important to me. It shows Christ's victory over death and over evil. And we see evil. We see it. the zeitgeist of this world is anti-Christ continually. I don't know that anyone wants to debate that. You're going to lose, okay? You want to enter into debate with that. Oh, yeah, there are pockets of good, present company included, but the, the, the spirit of the age is an antichrist spirit. And um, where was I going with that? Oh, so two years ago, it was, it was COVID time, and we had to flatten the curve. To my everlasting shame, I listened uh, this is my skeptical face. Flatten the curve. Okay, whatevs. Uh, and so we didn't have church. But you can you can yell at me or hate me if you want. But you know what? It was our first pandemic. I you know I was like everybody else. I don't know. We, we never had a pandemic before, not in my lifetime. So we closed the church as we tried to flatten the curve. And um, so in 2020. There were, most churches in the whole globe, there was no Easter Sunday. Now, last year, we had church, but I had COVID. Uh, I didn't have a single symptom. I was out playing in the garden. You know, I was healthy as all get out, just tested positive for COVID that week. So I wasn't here. So I was two years in a row, and I thought, Lord, what are you sidelining me? What's going on here? What's what's happening? But we did have service. If you remember, I was just over there on the screens, you know, uh, if you remember that. Uh, So here I am. It's it's Easter Sunday. I'm here in person, and I'm really praising God for that because if I was sick one more time, and I'm not even a sick person. I never get sick hardly, really. I had a cold a couple weeks ago, um, and before COVID, I can't tell you the last time I was Whooping cough, like, what is that, about 10 years ago now? I don't know. But anyway, here I am, praise God, turn to Matthew chapter 28. I was praying, I'm like, Lord, help me here. I, I don't know what, because I always feel like, you know, this is big. This is Easter Sunday. I got to, I don't want to Charlie Brown it. I want to get, you know, uh, I got to get my foot on the ball here. I can't, and so I was praying, praying, praying. I really felt the Lord was saying, listen, it's, the story is the story. You don't have to, you know, come up with something elaborate or real fancy. It, it, the story, it speaks for itself. You know, it's not something just to try and to do true old traditional retelling of the story. And I've been in Matthew 28 before. I ne- it never ceases to amaze me. 
But uh, we'll pray, and then we'll just kind of unpack, and we'll go and, uh, over a story that I'm pretty sure is well-covered ground, well-traveled uh, scripture to us all. Let's pray. Fathers, we look into your holy word. Whether we are familiar with the section or whether we are not, it's still your word, the word that is never going to pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word, word will never pass away. It's certainly our daily bread. Lord, thrill us again. Take us back in our imagination in that time when Jesus rose from the dead. We would, we would see the story afresh through uh, eyes that perhaps have never beheld such things. And Father, I just pray you'd move in and among us, uh, captivate us, Capture our minds and our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start in verse 63 of chapter 27. Uh, sir, we remember that this deceiver, thats they're talking about Jesus. This is the Pharisees in verse 62 came to Pilate. Sir, we remember that this deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. His disciples are not expecting a resurrection. But his enemies remember that he said that. I think that's very interesting. Uh, Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He has risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. I don't know what error they're talking about, but uh, Pilate said to them, You have a watch. Go your way, make it as sure as you can. I think there's a little bit of skepticism in Pilate's voice. Some people think he becomes a believer. I do not. I do not. He becomes friends with Herod. You kind of know him by your friends. And at the end of his life, he commits suicide. Not really a um, man of God kind of thing to do. Um, but we can be hopeful, of course. But I think there's some skepticism there. I think he's met with Jesus face to face. And he said, yeah, if you can keep him in the grave, go ahead and do it. And he gives him a quartorian, 16 soldiers. They have four. There's four at a time and they have I think it's three-hour watches, and it's, they're like the Navy SEALs. They're like tough guys. You know, they're, they're all battle-hardened veterans. I imagine the commander coming in. Okay, guys, we got a job to do. Oh, yeah, we got to mine this dead guy, make sure he doesn't get up and leave. Uh, what's that again, uh, Sarge? Uh, yeah, you heard me, and, and there it is. And you think this is easy capizzi duty, right? Not so much. Uh, so they went and made the sepulchre sure, stealing, sealing the stone, setting a watch. So they sealed the stone, uh, they put wax over it, and they put an imperial seal on it. You break that seal, you're crucified. If they can't find you, they'll crucify the whole town you come from. It's, they are not fooling around, okay? This is like the whole world. This is the, the imperial. This is a Rome, the empire of Rome, trying to keep Jesus in that tomb. And by the way, like I say, Good luck, right? We know the end of the story. Now, chapter 28, verse 1, the end of the Sabbath. We have to stop here, a little housekeeping thing. In the end of the Sabbaths. I know, right? It doesn't say that. It should. King James, I think in their, I'm going to say it, in their hubris, in their sure, they're absolutely sure that Jesus died on a Friday. So it was after the Sabbath and we just... Uh, you know, Matthew might have made an error here. We'll help him out. We'll make it Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. Now, if you can explain to me how Sabbaths happen, and we still have the Sunday resurrection, please enlighten me. 
Chuck Missler was always fond of saying he thought lean more towards a Thursday crucifixion or perhaps even Wednesday. I was listening to one guy uh, recently. I could tell you where, where I found it if something like those things interest you. Why do we come up with Friday? Well, it's just traditional. And by the way, traditional, read here, wrong. I just, I've just never, ever, since, my, since I became born again, I've never believed in tradition. It's just provably wrong most times. You say, well, why do people think it's a Friday crucifixion? Because one phrase in the Bible, they wanted to get him off the cross before the Sabbath. What happens? Sabbath, Friday night, right? Still Friday night at sundown. Goes into Saturday at sundown. So, so Friday in the afternoon when they're supposedly crucifying Jesus, they want to get him off the cross before the Sabbath. It was more than one Sabbath that week. Adam, how can there be more than one Saturday? Because Sabbath is used denotatively for any holy day. And we had, this was Passover. Jesus died on the Passover. He was buried, the bread of life was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is a Sabbath, Levitically. Leviticus chapter 23, you can read. Whether it happens on a Saturday or not, all the holy days are called Sabbaths. So that's why we have more than one Sabbath that week. Small point, but I wanted to make it because I don't go over this ground very often. In the end of the Sabbath, Sabbath, hard to say, good theology though, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? You can answer. Sunday. Okay, there's no debate what day of the week Jesus rose on. Gloriously, he rose on the first day of the week. Sunday, and that's what it says. Right here, all the Gospels agree. Uh, one of your test questions. One of your oh, test questions. Test, I'm giving out tests. One of your homework questions, okay, was uh, right there. Do you suppose that, I mean, look, we have Sunday worship. How did that come into being? Nothing short of the resurrection could change people's day of the week that they worship from Saturday to Sunday, or do you agree? Just a, again, point of interest. Okay, he rises on the first day of the week. Now, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the sepulcher. Mary Magdalene, we know. The other Mary is Mary, the uh, mother of James, as it's given to us in the Gospel, I believe, of John. Also, Salome is with them, but she's not listed here. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Wow. <laughs> I love Scripture. You know, it's like, there it is. What do you do with that? Uh, There's a great earthquake. The angel of the Lord, scripturally the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, very often Jesus himself. Is this Jesus? Now, this is an angel as you would think of one. A messenger. That's what the word angelos means. Messenger. There's an angel of the Lord. He descended from heaven. He came back and rolled back the stone from the door. And then he sat on it. I think that's sass. I like this guy. I like this angel's attitude. You know, uh, God said, get on here and move, remove that stone. I'm sure that's how it works, right? And so he goes, okay, boss. And away he goes, takes the stone, probably takes it and flips it like a quarter, you know, heads or tails, and sits on it. He's got an audience that we're going to read about in the next few verses. And he's... I think play into the audience is what I'm thinking. 
His countenance was like lightning. Now, if I saw an angel, I think where your question would be, what would he look like? And I'll say, oh, he had this like Roman nose and his, his, oh, his chin looked like it was carved out of marble and he had these like eyes, these blue penetrating eyes and he had none of that. Uh, what did he look like? Lightning. <laughs> he was like lightning. That's what he looked like. His countenance was like lightning. Draw a picture of that. Draw a picture of that in your mind. By the way, I hope you're entering into this. I hope you're trying to imagine all this. Uh, fairy tale? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you can't even go to heaven believing that it was a fairy tale. No, this actually happened one time. Is that, this is a historical fact. This actually, actually happened. So this angel comes down, flips a stone out of the way. His, his face looks like lightning. And his raiment, his clothing, was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as and became as dead men. So we have keepers now. What are they? Beekeepers? What are they? What are they? Zookeepers? No, they're they're guards. They're Roman imperial. This is the 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 Navy SEALs I'm telling you about. They are battle hardened veterans, and they see an angel and they're uh, looking for uh, some earth to hide in. They are so it's like you know being attacked by a grizzly. You're supposed to play dead. I don't think I got that. <laughs> and then, of course, I'd be like shaking too much to, you know, for the bear to think I'm actually dead. Well, they're doing the same thing. How do you become as a dead man and shake? And the word shake means shake violently. Well, you can imagine, right? So here they are, pretending they're dead. <laughs> I mean, they're just passed out, but they're shaking, like violently shaking. Uh, the earthquake's still happening in them, right? They're worldview has been just turned upside down. Well, part of them, part of the team that crucified him, don't know, right? Is, is guard duty and crucifixion duty part of the same duty? I don't know. They were there, at, they were there three days, four days, or three days earlier, three days earlier when the, it became black in the middle of the day they, 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 it was such an earthquake that the rocks split. The, the, the veil in the temple was torn in two. The centurion said, surely this was the Son of God. They would have heard all these stories if they weren't right there. It's probably all that's being talked about. So the, these imperial guards, they, they shook and became his dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, fear not. Do you say unto the keepers, unto the guard, fear not? No. Their, their fear is absolutely legitimate. If you oppose God, well, that's impudent. Why would people do that? You have plenty of reason to fear. I, listen, i got to tell you something. He's so loving. He's so gracious. He's so kind. And you oppose Him? You stand against Him? I, I, I wouldn't. Remember, we were reading a few weeks back. Is Easter? I must be stuck about negative things. But a few weeks back, we were talking about like if you offend one of these little ones, he's talking about children. Oh, it'd be better for you that if a millstone was tied around your neck, you were cast into the deepest part of the ocean. You want to try? He's not to be trifled with. He's just not. And people just. Here's, here's my great love, wherewith I love you. 
God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. What does that mean? It means to be crucified. I love you so much. I'm going to take your. I'm going to die for your sins and take your sins away from you. I'm going to give you my righteousness. Oh, you think I'm clowning around? You think I'm joking? You think the blood of Jesus Christ is nothing? And you stand before God with that attitude? Who wouldn't? Listen. That's not a threat. This is one loves you. Look at the pastor's heart. I want everyone to be saved. Don't, don't fool around with God's love. He's, I can't, he's not to be trifled with. They're, they're fearing, and I think that's an eminently reasonable outcome of these events. But the angel said to the warm, women, they got nothing to fear. They're going to anoint his body, right? It's after the Sabbath. They can't work on the Sabbath. So Sunday morning, here they come. They come to anoint his body, which told in other scriptures. The angel answered the son of the woman, Fear not. Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. And he was. He is not here, for he is risen. One. Listen, I'll tee that up again. <laughs> okay, we'll give you another chance. He is not here, for he is risen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, he's not here, he's risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. Now, they're still scared, and we'll find that later, but, but I think less so. I mean, they obey, they listen to the angel here. Imagine that. So here they are. He told them he was going to rise from the dead. What, where's the air of expectation? Where's the... Where's the, oh, I hope he's risen. It's the third day. He said he was going to rise after three days. I don't get it. I mean, I really, really don't. But the angel doesn't rebuke them. He says, come, check it out. Scope this out. Come see the place where the Lord lay. He's not here anymore, but he was here. You can come check out. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Hey, I delivered the message. That's his, uh, I don't know if they have to sign anything. There's a receipt involved. Probably not. Go quickly and tell his disciples he is risen from the dead. Um, all gospel accounts, women are at the tomb. Now, listen, sisters, far be it for me to insult you. Um, I am the most equal opportunity. You know um, I'm a real feminist, not the man-haters you have now. I'm, in Christ, there is no male or female in the sense of like males, females. That's ridiculous. Co-equal with God, okay? There's no, I'm not saying there's not a difference. I'm saying one's not better than the other. And I am... But in this time, in the first century, women, oh, they're all emotional. They're all scattered and pfft. you can't trust their testimony. They weren't reliable witnesses in court. If two women saw something, nobody saw it. Saying, wow, that's very sexist. I'm, I, it's not. It, I promise you it's not. It's just the way. Now, so why would all four Gospels report that just women were the first eyewitnesses to the resurrection. Food for thought. There's a, there's a homework question on that, okay? 
it's not very complicated, but just like I say, why is that? All four Gospels, you can read all four of them. So go tell his, and by the way, when they go to the disciples, the disciples don't believe them. Jesus up, upbraids them for their, one, unbelief, and two, not listening to the women. Jesus doesn't say that women are unreliable witnesses. The, the mood of the day said that, okay? Just, and I think uh, people call us like misogynists and uh, uh, what, what's the other word? Uh, chauvinists. I think I've, I've seen places in the earth where the gospel hasn't penetrated very far. That's where women aren't treated as equal. I'm just, I'm just going to say it flat out and call out different groups. You, you're not dressed in a burqa this morning, are you? Say, well, that's because I don't want to be. I know, but you have an option, don't you? There's a lot of places on earth where they don't. I was in Japan. Japan's like the second biggest unreached people group. Unreached with the gospel is the idea. So women are just every bit as equal as men. Oh, they got words that they, only women say. Like they have this word. I, I, I says for it's it's nay, and it means isn't it? Doesn't it? Isn't that right? Don't you agree? Kind of means because the word for no is dami. Like high is yes, dami is no, but nay is like you can't tell your husband it's time for dinner. It's time for dinner. Nay or isn't it? You got to get them to agree. You can't give them a because otherwise it looks like a command. Kowtow is a I think it's a Japanese word. It might be Chinese. I don't know. It means to walk behind and to kowtow and to be deferential to men. It's not an English word. It's not a Christian word. It's nowhere in the Gospels. Just saying. Where Jesus in the Gospel is elevates women to their status as equals. Of course, of course. Anyway, so these unreliable witnesses, wink, wink, they go and they tell the disciples. And it turns out later on in the story, the disciples don't believe them. And again, Jesus gives them the business for that. But they say, go to Galilee. So here they are. They're going to tell the disciples, and then they head out to Galilee to meet up with Jesus. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. Have you had fear and great joy together? They sound like they're mutually exclusive. They don't have to be. There's still fear. But there's great joy. I'm going to tell you something about great joy, okay? Here in America, right? Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. We ain't guaranteeing happiness. We can guarantee you can pursue it. Like honest politicians and unicorns, you might find one, you might not, okay? It could happen, right? Uh, but I know a lot of people, and what they're trying to do, their whole life is set around them trying to be happy, trying to find great joy. You show me somebody's doing that, I'll show you the most miserable person. Just, it's just true. Where does, where does great joy come from? Is your life bounded up with great joy? It's easy. Joy is a byproduct of a life well lived. God blesses us with great joy when we're doing not what we are free to do, but what we ought to do. I have freedom in my life to do what I ought. I'm not bound by sin and depravity and wickedness. I don't have any, you know, we talk about setting the captive free. 
they don't have any drugs and alcohol, pornography, lust, anger. That's not what words characterize my life. And free to serve God, and there's great joy there. Just, again, someone who loves you, just telling you. Okay, they departed quickly, they have fear, they have great joy, and they did run to bring the disciples' words. So they're doing what they were told to do, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. So here they're going to do what they're supposed to do, and they run into Jesus. By the way, that will preach. When do you meet Jesus? In obedience. Just telling you. And now Jesus is, he's so cool here. I, I love Jesus for like a myriad of reasons, but like one of the reasons, it's all hail. It sounds very, oh, I don't know, King Jamesy. That they missed, swinging a miss. Uh, he's saying it's the most common greeting of the day. In our vernacular, sup? Hey, how you doing? He's not. All hail, and they come, they bow down and worship him and like, you know, prostrate themselves on the, on the ground, stuff like that. Um, they do, but it's not, it, there's no command there. He's just saying, hey, how you guys doing? What, what, wow. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. By the way, I would, I would just tell you, this is eminently reasonable that they would do this. Just telling you. Then Jesus said to them, Be not afraid, because they still got the fear. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. So he, he reemphasizes the message. We're going to meet up in Galilee. Now, I love this story here, this little vignette. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. How come they didn't go see the commander? Uh, There is death waiting them. You remember when Peter escaped out of prison, the angel came, and Herod had them examined and then killed. He tortured them until they gave him what he was looking for, then he had them killed. This death awaits them. And when you see angels and stones rolled away, and you don't go looking for your commander, you go looking for a priest. So here they go to Jerusalem, they find the priests and the elders and all that, and they told them what had happened. Now, if I'm Caiaphas, if I'm Annas, if I'm one of the high priests, I'm an instant believer. Wait, he really was the Christ, huh? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Our name is Mud. Ah, uh, Lord, forgive me. Um, so sorry. No, they got to double down. It amazes me. What is it? Pride. There's only three things, and I've said this before. There's only three things that will keep you from Jesus Christ. There's only three things. Now, if you haven't listened to anything I've said, listen to this. Okay, sit up, pay attention. This is very, very important. There's only three things to keep a person from Jesus Christ. Ignorance, sin, and pride. Ignorance, I, I, didn't, I didn't know. Nobody told me. So I'm 20 years old when the first time I heard the gospel. I'm 20 years old in America, the first time I heard the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. Really? Yeah, and if you believe in him, you'll have eternal life. And I grew up in a religious household. I said religious, not Christian. It was a, what most people consider a Christian religion, but it was religious. It wasn't Bible-based. It wasn't... Enough said, Fred, but... 
first time I heard the gospel. So before that, I can claim ignorance, okay? Some people say, I, I never heard. I never heard. Nobody told me. And that's fine, okay? You're not the bad guy here. We all are for not getting the message out to you. The second thing that will stop a person from believing in Jesus Christ is sin. I understand he's the Savior. I want my sin more than I want Jesus. And I've seen it. I've, I've shared the gospel with somebody, and they basically said, no thanks. I want to be the captain of my own ship. I want to call the shots. I want to be in control. And I would say to them, well, how's that going? And if they're honest with me, they'll tell me, miserable. <laughs> hey, I got a better way. <laughs> Just an idea. Yeah, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, obnoxious or anything. I'm really not. I mean, I'm obnoxious by it's the natural default button, okay? I, I don't try to be obnoxious. Um, so I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and everything was hunky-dory, every meal, a banquet, every day, a holiday, root beer and Skittles. No, a lot of problems. Yea, those that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But it was good persecution. So I get you two things. I didn't know any better. I prefer my sin. And the third is pride. I think that's what most of us are guilty of. I'm just saying. I will not bow. Oh, you will bow. You just won't right now. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I just suggest, listen, 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 listen. you got nothing to prove to me. So we got a, we got a husband and wife, right? And he, he loves Jesus with his whole heart, and she will not get on board. And she's just adamantly, oh, that's your entertainment, and you're foolish, and all this stuff. And she won't, she won't, she won't. And she grows in a gradual knowledge of, of salvation. But now she's nerved up. Because if she gets saved, she says, honey, I was wrong. Sorry for all that. Now, he's going to be on her like white on rice. And, I, oh, you can't believe you were giving me that grief, all that. And we're kind of, we're, it's, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen, usually... The husband or the wife will be so joyful, so happy. They ain't going to rub your nose in it. That, just, that never happens. But we have to come to a place where we say, hey, I was wrong. Can't do that. What? That would be horrific. Listen, I don't know when I learned this. I think when I became a Christian, it was an instant in my life maturation process when I became saved just was. I just looked at the world different. I looked at things different. I was just a different person. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. I couldn't no more say to my wife, I'm sorry I was wrong that I could speak fluent Mandarin Chinese. Wasn't in my vocabulary. Didn't have it. Couldn't never say it. But I've said it since. And when I'm wrong, I own that. Let's get on with our life. Or I'm just going to, I'm going to be angry at her for a month and a half until she finally admits to whatever it is that I've done. What's, that's just stupid. It's just... When you're wrong, own it. Uh, I remember with my kids, you know, I'd wig out because they were, I don't know, roller skating in the house or something. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I did wig out on them. Hey, what are you doing? They're like, 
Oh, you're right. I didn't have a rule in place. And besides, it was a rented place. What do we care? Yeah, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm a little on edge. They were cool. Every time I ever like admitted that I was wrong with them, they were really cool about it, weren't they? My wife is too. And I've had to admit it like a thousand times. Because like, look, when me and her are arguing, guess whose fault it usually is? How many of you think it's her fault? Yeah, I know y'all like that. So I admit a lot of times, say, honey, I was wrong. I was whatever it was. I was having a bad hair day. I'm just tense or whatever. And, I, and she's very gracious. So think about that. If it's just pride holding you on the outside looking in, really? I'm going to go to hell. I'll have my pride intact. You won't. You won't. Oh, where am I, where am I, where? So, uh, they, instant believers, the, the chief priests, they, they, they got witnesses. They get the imperial Rome, they're speaking on behalf of the empire. Hey, guess what? Jesus really did rise from the dead. We were there. We saw the angel, the whole biz. And so they get on board immediately. No, they double down. Uh, why is that? I'd rather go to hell and be wrong than have to admit I was wrong. Are they ignorant of the things that Jesus said and did? No. Do they want their sin more than they want Jesus? Well, probably. Is it pride? I think so. Pride is, let me come up with the right theological term, icky. It will just keep, it will hold you in a, and just, it just, it's horrible. It's horrible. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. Say, I'm not going to humble myself. You'll be humbled then. And I'd rather do it. When He does it, it hurts. <laughs> I'm just saying. It really does. He knows how to humble us. How does He humble us? Humiliation. Just, okay. Listen, you get all this extra besides this, just the story. Okay. Okay, well... Back to the, so the watch, they went to the city, showed themselves the priests, and when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. I think those French francs, I think those francs are about this big, so they gave large money, no, a large sum of money, a big, big payoff, okay? They bribed them, and the soldiers took the money. And here's the cover story, saying, say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. What's wrong with that story? It's so obvious, full of holes. And you wonder why they went with that. Um, so, this, I hear about this, and I say to the soldier, hey, what happened? Yeah, we were sleeping, and the apostles came and stole them away. And I'd say, how'd you know what happened while you were asleep? Sound a good question? Then I would say, what possible motive could the disciples have? Well, they'd cash in. To my knowledge, none of the apostles ever became wealthy, even a little bit, right? Uh, the 11 that are left here, 10 of them become martyrs. John, the gospel writer John, has the martyrdom of a long life. Uh, legend says he was boiled in oil, but he didn't die. He was cast to Patmos, a uh, prison island, where he received the revelation. New emperor came in, freed him, and he 
brought the revelation to the churches, the book of the revelation. So when you're about to get, be crucified upside down like Peter, or beheaded like Paul, or shot through with arrows, or skinned alive, I think it was Matthew who was skinned alive, I, I don't remember. Um, wouldn't you say, I recant, <laughs> I've just made it up, we stole the body at night. No, all of them went to their graves as martyrs. Why? Because it's true. I, even I can figure that out. Now we have books and we have articles written today and um, supposed experts. You know, we have swoon theory. We have all these different... It's all hogwash. It's all kind of funny for me anyway to listen to. Look, um, is in, we're all leaving church. There's an accident out here, God forbid, and somebody's hurt or injured. And so, so much point, there's lawsuits and stuff. We're all eyewitnesses. I take the stand and I say, yeah, I saw what happened, but wait for 2,000 years. Someone's going to write a book and it's going to be more accurate than my actual eyewitness account. They'd throw me out of court. <laughs> Probably lock me up. But that's all you've got. These Newsweek articles and and it's still, oh yeah, the disciples, they came by night and stole the body. Any port in a storm. You say, that's a really weak story. Why did they go with that? It's all they got. It's all they got. Can you come up with a better one? Evolution. Why do you think people believe in evolution? Because they don't want to believe in a creator. Okay, so let me rehearse this with you. 16 and a half, 13 and a half million, goes, million years ago, there was nothing. And then the nothing exploded. And then molecules started. I don't know where molecules came from, or proteins, or peptides, or DNA, or anything, but it started get, getting together. It, the explosion causes elements. Really? Yeah. Because you're made of elements, you know that, right? Carbon, hydrogen. Instead of, instead of the dirt out there. And we have formed from the dust of the ground. That's pretty accurate as we come to find out. Oh, it's geniusly arranged dirt, but basically you're just dirt. <laughs> Me too. Right? But explosion caused all those elements to come into existence. And now here we are. You bake in enough time. And here we are. See, Adam, that's... Not really science. <laughs> I know, right? You say, well, why do they believe it? It's the best they got. It's the best they got. You say, it's silly. It's silly and it's the best they got. Well, this is kind of the evolution of the day. <laughs> yeah, the disciples came at night and they stole them. We were asleep. You know, if one of them fell asleep, the others would set his, they had them little skirt looking like things that set it on fire because of, they found one of them asleep. They'd all get like whipped and beaten. And so their, their motivation to their pot, nobody's falling asleep, right? And so all four of them fell asleep at the same time. And the disciples said, nah, now's our chance. The disciples were huddled, huddled together in the upper room. They thought they were going to be next. There's no, hey, let's go steal his body. It's the best they got. Uh, his disciples came by night and stole him away. That's the story. Yeah, that's the story. Well, I'm sticking to it. If this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. And we're going to save you out of the governor, who, by the way, is going to be really, really upset. You're, he's, the, 
He's the commander of your commander, okay? He's like in charge. Uh, and there's a letter that uh, Pilate wrote. Uh, he, it did come to his ears, okay? He talked about that troublemaker Jesus who, you know, he, they crucified him, but he didn't stay dead, etc., etc. So they took the money and did as they were taught. This saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Until this day, 2022? Yeah. Um, many of our Jewish friends are coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, go to YouTube. Right? Jewish believers in Christ or something. The search engine will explode. you got ones like Jonathan Kahn, who I like well. And other ones, uh, Mark Biltz, uh, I'm uh, Zola Levitt, even like a, a, a generation ago. There's always been believers, Jewish believers in Jesus Christ, and more and more and more all the time. And they add a fast to the church because they have the understanding of the Old Testament. A lot of us didn't have. And we come in as Gentiles and Feast of Tabernacles, what's that? Well, they've lived it. And they tell us about it in a way that, oh, and it's all about Jesus at the end of the day, and it's so interesting. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time on YouTube listening to things like that. Uh, yeah, still to this day, but like I say, things are changing. Then the 11 disciples, see now there are only 11. I'm discouraged uh, by Judas. I'm, he's a, an enigma to me. But he came to the priest and said, I've betrayed innocent blood. Oh, you're right. You're so right. Go to Jesus. Ask forgiveness. Pray to God. No, I think I'll hang myself. I don't care what you've done. I mean, I don't. My past is rather checkered. Can we leave it at that? I wasn't born in a monastery. Oh, Adam, you're a Calvary Chapel pastor. We've convicted felons who are Calvary Chapel pastors. As a matter of fact, there's nothing you can do that disqualifies you from being one of us. I have a... I don't like to talk about it. It's not pretty. And Jesus saved me. That's pretty. That's good. That's a good story. So it has a happy ending. Why didn't Judas just go and ask for forgiveness? He's called the son of perdition. Perdition means waste. It was a wasted life. Then the eleven disciples, they went away into Galilee, into a mountain which Jesus had appointed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I looked up the word doubted. It means doubted. <laughs> I thought it might mean, you know, something like, Skeptical, or I guess that's doubt too. Some doubted. We're talking about the 11, okay? There was always some that traveled with, I'm sure. But these are the ones that Jesus precisely picked. They worshipped him, eminently reasonable, and some doubted. Some of you doubt. I ain't calling you out. I mean, that's rather rude. Why? Why? I know, I know, I know, I know in some people's lives they have unfair expectations. They think that when they follow Jesus everything's going to just be groovy all the time. 
Again, every, every meal, a banquet, every day, a holiday, right? If I follow Jesus and cast my law with Him, life's going to be easy peasy. Oh, it's not. You, you have a good set of problems, I'd say that. It's not easy to follow Him. But it's, what other kind of life would you live? It's adventure, it's fun. It's zany, it's crazy. It's hellish sometimes as the forces of hell attack against us. Bring it. I got power to tread on snakes and scorpions. There's no other kind of life I'd rather live. No, I worship, but some doubted. I have doubt in my life. You have doubt in your life, no doubt. Um, the outcome of your prayer. What's, how's this going to play out? A lot of people are carrying this grudge. They're against... Okay, you know, I, I knocked over a bank and I got sent to prison. Hypothetically, I didn't really. Uh, and now I'm blaming God. How oh, come you let me go to prison? Is that like eminently unreasonable? But a lot of people do that. You're suffering from your own choices and you're blaming God. Some doubted. I have doubt in my life, like I, I, I'm praying for someone to get saved, and I have, I try to believe with my whole heart, but I know sometimes people don't get saved. As a matter of fact, the majority of people don't get saved. We're not the, we're not the many, we're the few. Many are called, few are chosen. We're not the many, we're the few. So I have doubt. I try not to. I'm the guy who's like, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I just try to be honest. Um, but I don't understand this. Let me explain this to me. That's a homework question. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Another place it says he's the sole judge. He's the judge of the whole earth. Well, I believe in God. I just don't believe in Jesus. That's unfortunate. He's your judge. <laughs> You're going to change your tune eventually. Every knee shall bow, but there's a time when it's too late. Here, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Who gave him that? God did. Adam, the world is zany. It's going crazy. And Jesus is in charge? Yeah. Yeah. He's letting it go crazy. He's letting it go zany. It was prophesied. Perilous times. What don't you understand about perilous times? Uh, the Antichrist will come. Before the Antichrist come, will there be a spirit of Antichrist in the world? Well, we're looking at it. And Jesus is allowing it to happen. Did he lose? Is, is somebody knock him off the throne? Is he not the boss? Listen. This gives me great peace of mind and great joy. Jesus is in charge. I know how the book ends, okay? We, we've ta taught on that. We've examined that at length. We got it. We, here, maybe other places don't. They've taken all the eschatology and cast it away. We know how the book ends. Jesus comes back to earth and sets up his reign, his actual physical on the earth, his kingdom reign for a thousand years. And then after that, there's the eternal order. So it's not just a thousand years in the sense of we got a thousand and we're all done. No. Then it's going to be a rebellion that he will put down at the great white throne judgment. Even hell is cast into the great lake of fire. I know how it plays out. And Jesus is the authority. I want, I'm going to be on Team Jesus, okay? I just, <laughs> it's the only sane, rational choice.
All power is given to me in heaven and on earth. All power, all authority, all um, there's no if we don't like like Jesus' decision, there's no one you appeal to. He's the Supreme Court of the universe. I you know, we talk about our Supreme Court. They gotta answer to the Supreme Court. But there's no one there's no one above him. There's no one else. Say, wow, so if he rules against me, I'm in trouble. Yeah, but I want you to know he's, one, fair. Two, he's good. Three, he's very gracious. I have some people, I, most people, most people you talk to, most people I talk to, they think they've got to do more good than bad. Good luck on that. On my best day, I won't want to be judged by my works. Not on my best day. He's fair, but he's gracious, and he's forgiving. And by the way, no, you don't measure up, no more than I ever did or do. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Um, Go. Well, where? What? I don't know. You've got to settle that with God. Uh, go to your neighbor, go to your school, go to your classmates, go to your employer, go to on the job, go to your family, go to, I don't know. I don't know. He's the authority, and he's very capable of communicating to you his desire for your life. It says, my sheep hear my voice. I've said this a lot of times. People, I say, you know, God spoke to me. And people say, oh, God spoke to you? Uh, you what, are you some kind of prophet? No, I'm just one of his children. He, he talks to us. He said, you've heard God speak. Not audibly, although I know people who have. And I don't doubt the integrity of this story. He's never spoke to me audibly, but he gets his message across. Sometimes through one of you. Sometimes through his words. Sometimes a message Sometimes, a lot of different ways. But he can speak directly to my heart. When he does, you know, and I quote him, it always sounds like he's one from Boston, too, and he uses all the same idioms I would use. He, he talks to my heart, and I just put it into words, and there'll be words that I use, and I say them in the way that I say them. But he gets his message across to me. Why? Because he loves me. <laughs> Say he probably shouldn't. Yeah, I know that. It's the great mystery, but he does. But he does. He loves us. He'll get his message to us. So, what does the goal look like? I, I, you and him worked. I'll pray with you. I always offer to pray with you. I don't know what it means in your life. Go ye therefore teach all nations. So, I mean, that means I got to have a home Bible study. Oh, that's a great idea. Maybe I don't know. Wouldn't hurt. Get your little friendies in there. Serve them some coffee. Tea and crumpets. Open a Bible. What bad thing's going to happen? Nothing. Teach all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to challenge you on that, Adam. Only like pastors and stuff can baptize. I don't know what you're talking about. I'd take this on myself just as easy as... So, when we're actually doing baptism, like, like if it... 
Bob, if it's like one of your kids, they're all baptized before they showed up here. If it's, if it's like one of your kids, I'll, I'll have you help and assist and do the baptism. Because I always figure like, Dad, who's the high priest of the house, may want to be involved. And who am I anyway? So I, that's kind of my method. That's the way I've always done it. But you don't have to wait for even baptism. I mean, like, we have it like annually, usually. Not last year, right? It was all COVID last year and the year before, right? Probably will this year. You can wait. You can just do it on your own. Have someone baptize you. Uh, is this the method? Is this what you say? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Yeah, more or less. People say, oh, you got to baptize in Jesus' name. I try to include everything. I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. It makes people feel better, right? Uh, I don't think it's a, a methodology. I think you're sound when you stick with Scripture. I think you're, you're doing well. But um, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now you're not really baptized, right? I don't think it works that way, personally. I'll do it any way you want. How's that? Teaching them. This is the big thing. We can get people to come to church and visit. By the way, if you're visiting today, thank you. I'm glad you're here. But this is, the, this is the hard one. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. We're to make disciples. That's a little tougher than just have an opportunity to share the gospel with somebody. Uh, share the gospel with people and they look like they've responded. I've led them in prayer. Haven't you? And then off they go. Never see them again. What happened? Misfire? I don't know, but making disciples, that's the hard thing. That's day in, day out. That's, that's a long process. That's a, that's a lifelong thing. But, and look, lo, lo means behold. This is God saying, this is him underlining something. Lo, check it out. Listen to me. Lo, I'm with you always. It's not up to you to make disciples in your own power. I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Utmost reaches, of, well, that too. That's not what it means, the end of the age. This ain't going to be just for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. They're going to destroy the temple. I'm out. No, no. I'll be with you to the end of the age. What age? The church age. Is never a time before the trumpet blows and the, and the, the bride goes up to meet the Lord in the air and wherever with the Lord. Until that time, Jesus says, I'm with you. To, when I go and I tell you to teach and baptize and teach them to observe all things, I'll be with you. I'll be with you every step of the way. That changes the landscape a little bit. I'm doing all this in my own power. No. I said before, I'm uniquely qualified for ministry. You say, that's arrogant. No, because I have no confidence in the flesh. Nothing is going to happen good in the power of my own flesh. 
So whether I lead in prayer at the beginning of the service or not, I'm prayed up all week long. Lord, you got to show up. you got to do something. you got to move in hearts. you gotta, you got to change minds. you got to change lives. I don't, listen, I never created anything. If any man be in Christ's new creation means that God has to act in such a way to recreate you, to recreate me. He's done that with me. I'm a new creation in Christ. Now, do, do, so I'm all like... I, work up all my courage, all my energy, all my passion, and I pour it out into a, and that's going to win. No, <laughs> no. I, I mean, it's good, I think, to preach, to teach with passion. I think that's a good thing. In the power of the, apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. And I've understood that right along. So, Lord, here it is. Okay, let's stand. Let's pray. I worship leaders will come. Lord, I, I, I get it. I understood it. I've always understood it for a long, long season. Nothing happens without your spirit moving in our hearts. So, Lord, the word's been given. I mean, you know, Matthew 28, you've heard. You've heard, overheard the whole thing. And, Lord, I believe that right now I'm speaking to hearts that are not totally given over to you. And it discourages me a little bit, Lord. Why would anybody at any time, ever hold back from believing in you. Now, I know some people look at our lives and we're not, sometimes we're icky, I get that. But Lord, you're not. You're totally good all the time. And you love us and you have our good uh, always in your mind. And I thank and praise you for, Lord, you're, just, you're such a good Savior. You're such a, a blessing uh, and you only, you're our loving Heavenly Father. You'll adopt us in a forever family, even though we don't deserve it. And again, Lord, we thank and praise you for this great message. Um, does death rule? Not anymore. Jesus broke the power of death with his resurrection. Now we can say, oh, grave, where is your sting? Death, where is your victory? Uh, we appreciate this day so much. So now as we go our way and we hang out with family and friends, no doubt, Lord, I pray your blessing on our festivities today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.